Good morning. How are you? Good. How many women were at the women's conference? Raise your hand. Good. Good. It was an awesome weekend. I, I hesitate um, sometimes to like go on and on about how awesome uh, the weekend was um, when, you know, it's like if you weren't there, it's like, thanks a lot, you know, or I don't even know what that means that it was good. So I totally get that. But I just want to, um, it's just remarkable to me what God continues to do through these real weekends. I'm, I think we might have had close to record attendance. I'm not positive of the numbers. I haven't seen the final numbers, but the place was full. And, um, and I just think it's incredible that women who are very busy, we're all very busy. A lot of um, you have kids. You come right after work on Friday. You're here all night Friday, all day Saturday, here again this morning. I just think that's remarkable. And I just really honor you for doing that. And I know that um, the fruit in your life will be um, evidence of what God did in you this weekend, right? It was, it was awesome. Uh, I wanted to just address a couple of quick things before I get into my message. Um, I'm, uh, thanks for the opportunity, by the way, um, to, to share with you guys this morning. Um, the, a couple quick things. One is that I've had a lot of people asking me questions about shaking, about me shaking. And so I wanted to address it head on real quick. Um, I'm, I'm not nervous and I'm not, you know, it's been 10 years. I don't know if I've ever sh- shaked. When I spoke, I'm not nervous and I don't have Parkinson's. I actually just have a side effect to a medicine that I'm taking right now. And so that's why I'm shaking. So I'm actually just fine. So don't worry at all about it. I actually, you know, I have two really, really good doctors. I have this amazing doctor that's helping, um, helping me and he has really good advice. And then I have this amazing doctor up here that is helping me that gives me really good advice. So I have two really, really good doctors, so I don't need any more doctors, okay? I don't need 2,000 doctors. Come on, say amen. All right, so um, Tony Clark is like keeping a list. So if you want to give me any advice, then you can see Tony Clark in the 8 o'clock service. You're going to have to come to the 8 o'clock service and give her your advice. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not kidding, actually. <laughs> okay, anyway, okay, the other quick thing is that um, I just want to give you a quick update because I don't I get the opportunity to talk to you guys too much about just my, sc- my schooling and what's going on there. I have been, if you're new to God Tidings, I am a full-time graduate student and I work part-time at UNO. But what I wanted to let you know was that, and I have um, been there about five years and I'm Lord willing going to be done in about a year and a half. And, um, but all I have left now is like research and comp stuff, which is kind of hard to predict. And sometimes you have like things that come up and that make it challenging or something like that. But anyway, I wanted to let you know that what I've been doing and it was, um, God has just allowed me, open the door for me to do this research that you know the entire time I've been there, starting with my master's degree. And what I'm researching while I'm there is immigrant origin, college students, persistence. And so the whole time I've been looking at why, um, what motivates immigrant origin um, young adults to persist in college. And uh, so what I'm doing right now is I'm actually following in what's called a longitudinal study about 600 immigrant origin students at UNO. Hi, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. That was so sweet. Okay. 
Um, so anyway, I'm tracking about 600 college students, immigrant origin college students, um, and looking at like ethnic identity, acculturation, um, the amount of years, the amount of years living in the U.S. and stuff like that, and how it affects um, and how much their parents are influencing and, and stuff like that. So that's what I'm doing. Um, that's what I do for a job. And so it's really exciting because God is weaving in, um, our, in a way, my interests that have developed from working here at the church or serving here at the church and um, and UNO. So it's really cool. So I just want to let you know that just in case you wonder what I do all the time and why I'm not here all the time. So let's pray real quick and then we're going to get right into it. I had a lot of things I'm looking forward to sharing with you this morning. God, thank you so much for everybody here. Thank you that you see them, you know them, that you uh, desire to do your work in them that is real, that produces real transformation, not just theoretical transformation, but real transformation in our lives. Thank you that you're powerful enough to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, women, if you're here this weekend, grab your journal and take it out. This is a note-taking kind of sermon, okay? So if you have the ability to write something down, please do it because I'm going to move fast and I think there's some things that you might want to think about. Um, in fact, no, there are things that you are going to want to think about because it's going to be, you know, so mind-blowing, right? Okay, well, real quick, we talked about rest this weekend. We actually used the same passage of Scripture the entire weekend, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, and I'm going to bring that up here in a, in a minute. But, um, so we were talking about rest and what that looks like and, and, um, what the Bible means by that and stuff like that. But we're all busy. I don't, I'm sure there's not a single person in here that doesn't feel busy, doesn't have moments of being stressed out, doesn't feel burned out from time to time. Um, there's, if not all the time, maybe some of, some of us more than others. But, um, I think that chances are it's safe to assume that just about every single person in this room has a full plate and is busy and is always searching for the balance of what it looks like to do the right things, to not do things that aren't necessary and try to figure out what that looks like when you're working, if you have a family or the other responsibilities and cares and worries you have in your life. So it's something that we're all, um, we're all kind of on a journey of discovering or finding. Now I have three kids and I already explained to you that I do, um, have other things going in my life as well. And so at school, my kids, I don't know if you guys have this problem, but there's all these different kinds of like award ceremonies that oftentimes take place in the evening and oftentimes take like a couple of hours. And what they do is they like talk about stuff and then they don't even have your kid like walk across the platform or anything. They just like call your name and they give you your certificate the next day in homeroom. And it's just like takes a lot of time. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Multiply that times a couple kids. So anyway, I was like, I just don't really care for going to those things. And so, um, I'm, you know, I am. Well, okay. So I said to my son, Levi, he was like thinking middle school or maybe like a freshman or something. I said to him. See, yeah, you're already laughing because I don't even know how, the age of my own child, right? Okay, <laughs> anyway. Okay, so uh, I said to him, um, there was this awards-like ceremony or something, and I said, how about if I pay you 10 bucks for us not to go to the awards ceremony? And he said, deal, immediately. And wanted the money. I realized later on it was a very strategic error that I offered him so much money. It was way too much money. I should, I learned that lesson. But anyway, so he took the money. He said, and I thought it was great. I got my evening back. Well, the next day in school, one of the administrators, like the assistant principal or something like that, sought Levi out 
and said, Levi, why weren't you at the award ceremony last night? He said, you got this award for like student of the month or something like that. And, and he said, see, I don't know what award he got because I didn't go to the award ceremony. But anyway, that's another subject. So anyway, um, he said, and Levi said without pause, he said, well, my mom paid me 10 bucks to not go to the award ceremony. So we all have our own strategies where we're trying to uh, figure out a way to create space and have less to do in our lives. And maybe you can give me some tips. I'm still trying to figure out what they are for my family. But anyway, so what we did was we looked at these verses, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. And in the Bible, there are... Um, there are like translations where it's like word for word from what like the original manuscript said. And that's like where if you're really doing a deep Bible study or whatever, you want to use that. But there's also what's called paraphrase translations that are kind of like more like everyday language. And they're just, um, they kind of like are a little more application based or something like that. And so this weekend we looked at the translations, but we focused in on the message tra uh, paraphrase, which you might've gotten in your bulletin today. I'm not sure if we had enough for everybody. So anyway, so that's what we focus on. And we really looked at it very carefully because it's such an application type of verse. And let's read it. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. And obviously that was our key word for the weekend. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Let me just, oh, I don't know why when the guys, okay. All right. Okay, so I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Now, I just want to real quick uh, talk about this word re religion just to get it out of the way real quick. The, re the word religion here isn't how we think about it like I'm burned out on going to church. This is from an Old Testament perspective of all having to obey all the law, the Israelites, where they had all these books of the Bible and all these things that they had to do. And basically it was like, they couldn't, it basically, it was like being on the whole 30 diet. Okay. Like half of our staff has been, it's like being on the whole 30 diet. And it's like, what can you eat when you're on the whole 30 diet? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the way it was. That's the way it was like with religion. Like, what can you do? Can you breathe? Maybe on the odd days of the month, you know? Okay, so that was like pressure, big time pressure. Okay, that's what it's talking about there, okay? So don't tell me it's like, I'm burned out on trying to find a parking space in the hospital parking lot. Okay, anyway, so, um, so, so this is what Jesus was saying. And so we looked at this in terms of... Um, in terms of we identified in this passage this week, and I'm just going to do a quick catch up here, identified something very, very interesting about this passage. And what it was is I want us to look just real quick at what the things Jesus says we're supposed to do. And we're just going to literally circle the things that Jesus said to do. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come. You see that? And then it says, get away with me. And it says, you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company. 
You see that? Now, what stands out to you? Does anything stand out to you about that? The, the words we just circled. Now look in the middle. It says, I'll show you how to real rest. So this is a, a passage talking about how we can experience real rest according to Jesus' instruction. Does anybody notice anything about the, those words we circled? They're all action words. All of them are action words. Come, get away, walk, work, watch. Even the word work. Watch, learn, keep company. In this passage where Jesus is talking about real rest, all of the words that he uses in terms of the instructions about achieving real rest are all action words. Now, that's very counterintuitive, isn't it? What does the world, what does our environment, our culture tell us that we need to do when we need rest? Nothing. What else? Vacation. Exercise. Sleep. What else? Relax. Netflix. <laughs> la, 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 la. I don't know. Okay. Yes. What else? Anybody? Pardon? Fishing. Fishing. Vacation. A relaxing hobby. Hobbies. Big thing. Anybody else? You get the idea, right? So basically, the, what we've done is we have um, misunderstood the difference between relaxing and resting relaxing is temporary. I had a busy week. I'm going to go to bed early. Resting is this ongoing state that Jesus promises we can have in our life, during our life, in our stress. Big difference between relaxing and resting. Now, this can be the reason why a lot of times we're frustrated because we're wanting to achieve rest in our lives and we try to do it by relaxing because relaxing is temporary so you're you're trying to get that that um resting state of mind where you're not a nervous wreck every time you have to do anything by the end of the week or whatever i was uh, i said in the women's conference i found myself grocery shopping at walmart a few weeks ago and i realized i was stressed out grocery shopping because I was in a hurry, I only had 30 minutes, but, and I had to get home to start cooking dinner and stuff like that. So even the basic, you know, thing of life, of grocery shopping had become stressful. So the thing is, that's so interesting, is, is how, first of all, the contrast between what, how, what Jesus teaches about how we can achieve rest in our lives and what the world and culture around us teaches, and also how counterintuitive it is. Now, I want to try to apply very specific because to me, the awesome thing about this passage is, I mean, it is very specific. And this isn't some abstract thing like, what you need to do, you know, la, la, la. This is like very directive in terms of telling you, if you want to do this, this. If you are burned out, if you are worn out, if you are tired, then come to me. Very specific and very direct and concrete, which is, which is nice because so many things in our life and so many things sometimes in religion can feel so not concrete, so fluid. Like, I don't even know what that means. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Say, come on. Unless you always know what they're saying. Okay. So anyway, so I want to try to use a word picture to describe to you how this might flesh out in your life. And this is when you can, when you can get, um, uh, your notepad out. Okay. So here is, this is you. Okay. 
Now, don't be distracted when I mess up on the iPad, all right? Okay. What in the world? It's in the wrist. Oh, I've never even had this happen, and I've been using this all weekend. Okay, let's try it again. All right. How come you guys are laughing? Because this is like making me honor, this is making me stressed and unrestful. You guys are supposed to be supportive of the process of me resting, and you're, and you're not doing that. Okay. Okay, got it. All right, sorry about that delay. Okay, so this is you right? And then, and this is, this is your life. This is what's going on in your mind, in your circumstances, all that sort of thing. Okay. And then this is, it's like an iceberg. Okay. So this is what's showing up there. And this is what's like underwater. Okay. And so this is what's underwater to the iceberg. Okay. No comments. Okay. Thank you. Oh, you can, that's a good comment. I accept that. Okay. So anyway, so this is what's underwater. This is the, in the top part, that is what is seen. That is what is seen in your life. What you're aware of, what you're conscious of. So this is, this is up here. This is seen. This is what's seen in your life. It's above the water down below. This is what's unseen. Okay, this is going on beneath the surface. You don't necessarily even know that this is going on beneath the surface. Let me give you some examples of what that might look like. So you have, now notice first of all, just to begin, how much is seen versus unseen? Which has more? Unseen. And we all know that there's a lot more going on in your head that you're thinking that you don't say to your spouse or say to your kids or whatever. You know, there's all this stuff going on unseen that you're thinking about or that you don't even realize you're thinking about that are influencing you. For example, uh, something that would be going on under the surface that influences you that you don't might not even know would be like your environment. Like I'm in a very, very humanistic uh, environment in my program at UNO. It's this underlying thing. Like everybody values that. Everybody talks about it. All the materials you read are with that mindset. And so that's this un, this environmental um, factor. If you grew up in poverty, um, then your environment might be different in terms of what it, your exposures to. In terms of uh, what even something like what the appropriate dinner is. You know what food you buy. Or whatever that that would be a factor of your environment. You don't even realize it's like I always buy that brand of bologna or whatever, and that's like this unconscious environment thing, right? There's cultural values. Like in the United States, beauty is highly valued. You know, it's this unseen. You don't go around thinking, oh, I only like the pretty people, right? It's this underlying um, beauty value that is in our culture and that is impacting us whether we realize it or not. And our behavior, um, our behavior unknowingly that might impact what clothes you buy, what you color your hair, um, you know, or whatever, because you uh, have that value of beauty that's going on underneath the surface, right? And, and so there's things like money and all sorts of education. Uh, there's habits, you know, where you check the news every single morning 
you know, and, and check these specific news sites that have this political slant or something like that. A habit that's impacting what's unseen underneath. Um, your, um, your, uh, like, uh, like if you're in the military and you're deployed and in that environment, it's very like sexualized and, you know, everybody has like a lot of lust because they're separated from their girlfriends or something like that. That's this environment. And the guys that are trying to not be filled with lust and they're deployed in a military environment, it's very, very difficult. They're in that environment where guys are looking at this on their computers and that sort of thing. Now, Pastor Jason, for example, he has this underlying thing about driving he thinks he's a good driver. <laughs> but really, I wouldn't get in the car with him. You know what I'm saying? But up on the surface, he says, well, I've never gotten a ticket. <laughs> he thinks he's an awesome driver, you know? And, and, so, and so anyway, so these things are going on. Like, I have this thing... Um, like, I don't know why I, like, sign up for races because I can't run and I fall off the treadmill. We've had to repair drywall. I've gotten stung by a bee. I've gotten lost. I've been last in a race. These are all true, by the way. I've gotten picked up by the police. I've run the, I mean, it's like, what is going on underneath there that is driving me to do that? I don't know, but if you guys have an idea, you can see Tony in the eight o'clock service next week. So um, in, in spite of all these obstacles, for some reason, I'm still, still doing this. And it's probably, I don't even, I'm not gonna speculate. Now, what is seen up here? What is seen up here? Now, this is like, this might be like, um, addictions. What I do is I drink, uh, seven beers every single night. That's a seen observed behavior. You can observe it. Your spouse or your girlfriend or whatever, um, might observe it or that sort of thing. Or, um, or you have like, um, the way you talk to your kids, you know, that's observed how your work ethic that's, that's observed right? That's on the outside. That's seen by people. People could say that. Um, they're, they're, um, like just like your weight, this isn't like perfect. I mean, this is just off the top of my head. Weight could be seen, but what's unseen about the weight could be insecurity, um, loneliness, whatever you see. So, um, so there's something that's observed and you look and you say, wow, or whatever, or you look at a person that has an addiction and you say, wow, but there's that those are things that have just surfaced. You see this surfaced from underneath because of different things, sin habits and things like that are, are like that. Now, most, uh, self-help strategies, Christian, non-Christian, probably, which, which part do they focus on trying to change? Seen. Seen. Yeah. And when we try to change our behavior in general, what do we try to do? Seen. Now, for example, when someone, when you become a believer, when you decide you want God to be the boss of your life, what is that? Is that seen or unseen? It's unseen. Can you go out to lunch to Donna Millie's after church today with your salvation? Well, okay, that's true, but um, it's that's true. But 
but you know what I'm saying? It's something that's, that's happening that isn't tangible. You can't touch that necessarily. I mean, maybe you have like a certain experience, a, the, a unique experience where you can, but in general, people don't. So then what happens is, is so you get saved and, and so you, and, but you drink seven beers every night. And so this is happening, but you get saved. And then like by two weeks later, you say, I thought I got saved, but I'm still drinking seven beers a night. And we measure our, our, uh, our discipleship base or our value or if this experience was real or not. And then we say, what? It must not be real. God must not be right. That must not really exist. Because I got saved on Easter Sunday, and I still feel angry. I still yell at my kids. I still, you know, want to, uh, you know, value. I still want to attract the attention of that married man in my, in my work environment. You see what I'm saying? And so we say, well, that must not, uh, that must not really be true. God must not be really doing it. But what happens is, is as we begin practicing the spiritual disciplines, what we're doing is we're putting those things. Underneath here, when you come, when you came to real this weekend, you were putting something here underneath the surface. Do you look the same? Do you weigh the same amount of pounds as you did when you came on Friday night? Probably. Have you changed? Has anything been planted in your heart? Is anything going to surface in real everyday life as a result of that? Worship. I don't understand the song. Those words are really abstract to me. I don't really like that music. I don't, you know, well, when you come and you worship, when you come to church on Sunday, whether you understand that sermon or whether you, you know, um, whether it makes you feel good, whether you feel like you left any different um, or if you left exactly the same or if you left more tired or whatever, the bottom line is, is that this is what you did. You started putting these things on. So if you never added any of this and all you continue to do is this, what are you going to experience here? This same thing. But what Jesus says, and this is where our spiritual journey becomes incredibly practical. He says that as you do this, these begin to take over and powerful, and then they begin to surface. Somebody say, wow. Wow. I titled this sermon, Fighting for Rest. Fighting for Rest. The active, counterintuitive nature of, of uh, embodying and experiencing and living real rest. It doesn't, it doesn't happen by magic over here. It happens this way as we sow seeds and I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. Look at the verse that we just read. What did Jesus say would happen? How to experience real rest. Did Jesus say, what I would like you to do is I would like you to go on a a cleanse diet for 30 days. Did Jesus say that? Did Jesus say, what you need to do to experience real rest is you need to go on a vacation. Did you say that? 
Did Jesus say, you need to look prettier, you need to be thinner, you need to have more money, you need to have more education, you need to grow up in a different neighborhood. Um, if you grew up in a different neighborhood, then you would have more rest. Uh, if you, uh, I, do you understand what I'm saying? Did Jesus say any of those things? No. What did he say? He said, come to me. He said, get away with me and you'll recover your life is what he said. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. Now that is a strong statement. Very strong statement. Now, if you say, if you think about that picture, if you come away with me or get away with me and you'll recover your life, do you think that all of a sudden, if you get away with him for real, that you think that all of this is going to instantaneously change? No, but what happens is as you uh, obey and you get away, it begins to fill up this space. You see? Fill up this space. Now, if you look at this in terms of percentage, look at, look at the ratio of this side versus this side. And then look at how I have the position of rest. Do you notice anything about how I have the position of rest there? There and it's on the top and the bottom. It's on the top and the bottom. So that rest, when we come, when we get away, when we, um, you know, all those things, walk, work, watch, learn, keep company, those things began to fill up underneath that surface of the iceberg and began to push through to where all of a sudden you realize, wow, I am experiencing more rest than I ever have in my life. That's what I'm praying for the women that came to the conference. By next conference, them to say a year from now to say, wow, that rest is popping through, popping through to the surface. It's powerful. It's powerful. We tend to war at the wrong level We for godliness. We war at the top level instead of warring at the bottom level. That's powerful. But the thing is, the mind is always working and the sea is always flowing and it's this ongoing process. And we have to be very, very careful that we don't give up on these, on these spiritual disciplines, these things that God told us to do, because that is what he said. That is how he said we'll experience real rest. The lack of immediate observable results does not mean that it isn't working. If you come to God we're going to do this at the end of the service. We're going to come to him, like he says. If you don't experience immediate observable results, that's okay. You put that word of coming to me underneath in that ocean that's going to get pushed up in your life over the course of time as it happens uh, day in and day out. So we're basically, um, there's no need for us to understand, and the worship team can come, there's no need for us to understand in our, in our cognitive, in our cognitive mind, anything that's happening underneath here. In fact, and I'm a thinking person. I'm getting my PhD. You know what I'm saying? I value thinking. I like reading like deep books. That's how I got saved by reading mere Christianity. Um, 
but you don't have to understand any of those things going on underneath there for them to produce transformation and real rest. You don't have to understand why coming and getting away. You don't have to understand why going to the real retreat produces real transformation in your life over the course of time. You just, it does. And because God promised for it to do, and it's the way he created our minds to work. Almost everyone, almost everyone gives up way too quick in this process way too quick and you have to begin to um to you have to begin to just trust in this word picture so to speak and trust what jesus said over trusting how you feel because otherwise you'll give up you know when i run and is the worship team coming um when i run or i shouldn't say when i run when i participate in a race um I follow like a training plan and when I get there, I think I don't know how to run I'm no good at it. I'm slow. My goal is just to finish. I've gotten lost on races I've come in, you know last in races, but I I um, Follow that training plan and when I show up at that start line I just say I I have I've done the training plan and i'm going to just trust that process I'm going to trust that process that it works people that people that um people that I that know what they're doing um, anyway so so that is that is the um, powerful principle of that now I'm gonna ask for the worshiping to come one more time because I think they aren't listening and and you think that too right so underneath under and they weren't right okay thank you Aaron so um, so the the war to enter the rest I want you to think about your own life and your own situations. Okay. I want you to think about What's on this side for you and if you have a piece of paper, I would encourage you to write it down But if you don't then just think about it. What is on this side for you? What do you think is is in you that is creating? Um, pushing you away or that is surfacing these things in your life that you don't like you can even do it in terms of busyness and stress. Why? Your, your mom was a really hard worker and was busy all the time and never, you know, sat down. Um, I don't want my kids to go hungry. And then I want you to think about this. Think about these words that Jesus said. I'm just going to assume we're not all experiencing rest because I don't think that's a stretch. I'm just going to assume that. And then begin to think, okay, what have I given up on to be filling out this space underneath? These are real life situations and we're fighting for the rest. I want you to just think for yourself, what's on this side for you? And what's on this side for you? And where is this word for you? Where is that word? Is it down here? Is it just buried at the bottom of the ocean? Or are you pushing? Are you getting close? Jesus gave us very, very, very easy, or I should say very simple, but not necessarily easy instructions of what we need to do. We come, we get away, we walk, we work, we watch, we learn, and we keep company. What I want us to do today, it might be a little bit different, 
But what I want us to do, come is the very first word, is the very first word on this list. And I want you to think about your ocean area underneath and the word come is there to produce rest. And what I want us to do this morning is uh, I'm going to have all of us, well, why don't you stand? We're, I'm going to have all of us respond by coming. Now, I want to just, you can focus to the words, please. I want, to, I want to just clarify something. Jesus didn't say you have to understand the words, you have to like the music, you have to completely believe it to be true. He just said, come. He just said, come to me. So we're going to sing this worship song and we're going to all respond. And as we respond and sing this worship song, I want you to picture in your mind eye, mind's eye, I want you to read the words as we're singing them and picture in your mind eye those words going underneath in your ocean, underneath your cap. Okay? So I want everybody, we're going we're gonna to sing a song. I want everybody to come up. The words come to me. Can you please put the words to that? to the worship song on okay everybody come up and we're going to begin singing this song and we're going to do exactly as jesus said we're going to come come on even if you don't want to even if you don't know why even if you aren't sure it will work every person that's able to let's come up all the way up push in these words sewn in in that blue ocean have you come to the end? Is that what's happening to the top? Come on, everybody. Come out of your comfort zone. Let's go. Push in, everybody. I want you to physically come. That's what Jesus said to do. I just thank him, God. Thank you that you're real. Thank you that you told us what to do. Thank you that we're not left on our own to figure things out. Thank you that you promised to change and transform us. Thank you that you have a plan. Thank you that we don't have to understand everything. Thank you that even if it, if a spiritual concept doesn't even make sense, thank you that that doesn't matter. God, thank you that your power trumps that, supersedes that, sorry. God, I thank you that you're big enough in the name of Jesus to handle any situation. God, I pray for a seed planting power in the lives of everyone here. I thank you for their obedience. God, I thank you that you've placed calm underneath in their iceberg even now in the altar time. God, I thank you that those things can rise up in their lives over time to push out the, what's on the outside that we don't like and that make us frustrated. God, thank you that you have a plan to cover that. God, I pray for the, the, um, the continual renewal of the mind. I thank you for real rest. God, I pray for real rest. I pray a year from now that all of us here could say the rest has popped up closer to the surface than it was a year ago. Thank you for your plan to do that in Jesus' name. When you are overwhelmed this week and you are weary, remember one word. Come. Rest is the result of our coming. Come. I love that word, come. It's, it's my favorite word in the Bible. How many times did Jesus give that invitation to come? At one point, I think in, in Mark chapter 4, he told all the disciples, he said, he said, come away with me. 
and let's get some rest. Come with me, let's get some rest. Come, all you who are thirsty and drink. Come, all of you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I'll give you rest. Come, all of you who are covered in sin, right? Let me forgive you. Scripture says, come, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Maybe you're here today and uh, you're, you're, you're heavy under the burden of your own sin. And Jesus wants you to know today, come, come to me, come to me. And I'll lift that burden of sin off of you. And I'll put righteousness in your heart. If that's you today, we're going to have our prayer workers come in just a few moments. We're going to invite you. If you're lost today without God, you're far from God and you're crushed by your own sin. We're going to invite you to come to one of our prayer workers. Allow them to pray with you and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So that's you. Please come today. How many of you are glad you came to church today? Awesome. Remember that word? Come. Come. Not run. Come. Not hide. Come. Not vacation. Come. Not Netflix. Come. Right? Come. That's the real rest. That's where we find it. God bless you. Have a wonderful week in Jesus.